3: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael
0: Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VCN.
4: All right. Lombardi line presented by bet MGM. I'm Patrick Maher. You can see the action behind me, getting ready for week seven to open up in Cleveland, Michael Lombardi hanging out in Jersey. So aside from the number, which is all the way down to 40 on the total one with Cleveland lane, we'll put that aside for a second. Cause I said, there were three other things I really wanted to get to with you today, Ben Simmons. We touched on it a little bit. Uh, I mentioned the Miami heat, your heat, and now Deshaun Watson. So, This, uh, Stephen Ross wants Deshaun Watson. This is, can, let's start with the Miami perspective and then we can talk, but he needs to be moved before this trade deadline. Can you correct me if I'm wrong? Because then he wouldn't be able to move until next March.
5: Well, I think this trade deadline gives the, the, at least it would give the Houston Texans the idea of what trade compensation you're getting back. So let's build it backwards. So if they trade him to Miami, And he's allowed to play. Him going to Miami, even though he wouldn't know the offense and hasn't had any reps, he would make Miami a better team. Would they have the, you know, what pick would they have? What would they do? I mean, that pick's going to Philly anyway. So they're not getting that pick back. So when you trade them in the summer, you're basically trading blindly. You're trading on futures because you don't know what that pick's going to be. If you wait to the end of the year, you know, I'm getting the 18th pick, I'm getting the 27th pick, I'm getting, you know, you can put the numbers down and know it's exactly calculate what you're getting. So, but towards the deadline, I think you have a better sense. I think the one thing we can say with a degree of certainty, let's call it 90% certainty, that the Texans want to trade Deshaun. I think the Texans have had enough of this, they're moving on. They're going to rebuild their whole franchise. I mean, they're dumping Whitney Marcellus. They just they just got rid of Andre Roberts. Uh, they signed him as a punt returner. He's really a good punt returner. They just let him go, you know. And he went out to the Chargers, which will help the Chargers special teams tremendously. You know, it's one of those unsung signings that nobody pays attention to that can shift the game. Uh, and, and it looks like the Texans are just going to try to rebuild this thing from ground zero. Is it Davis Mills? I don't know, but I do think they've moved on from Deshaun. That's enough is enough. And there's no repairing this relationship. They've made no attempt to repair it, and they're not going to. Now, where does that lead us to? Well, we know Stephen Ross said this summer when he opened up their training facility, which he just built, he said, I expect to win a Super Bowl soon. I mean, the man's in his 80s. Soon's a key word when you're in your 80s. And so I I get the sense that, you know, he's going to want to do that. And he's—they've been all in on Deshaun. Now Deshaun has the one caveat that he controls this. He has the right of—he can veto a trade. He can't make the trade, but he can say, "I'm not going there." Now the way they've handled this is basically, "Hey Deshaun, you want to veto trades? No problem. You keep sitting down. You just keep sitting. You want to play football? You'll you'll acquiesce." They do have a little bit more rights to this, but I do think Miami's in play, you know. And then the rumor that trailed on is, would Washington take on Tua? I guess the fundamental question you must ask yourself, does, does Houston want Tua? Would you put Tua in the package when you get to get Watson back? Now, I can only say this. I don't know for certainty where Nick Cesario was, the general manager of the Texans, but New England wasn't in love with Tua. Right? So, organizationally, does that mean Nick was? I don't know that. He might have been in love and nobody else in the organization felt that way. So I don't know if they have that love affair for him. But, you know, the question you have to ask if you're taking on to it, do you think he can be a top 15 quarterback? I I say no. From what I've seen, I don't think he is. And if you take him, you're married to the contract. And are you still going to go get a quarterback even though you have him?
4: This is not, is this a lot is, to unpack
5: there? I'm no, sorry. I know. I know that's okay.
4: There. I want to ask you again. This is not about 21. This is about 22 when it comes to Watson performing. So, right. I mean, there's no reasonable ex- expectation for a one-win Miami team to think we're going to get through all the red tape and he's going to come and save the season this year. This is buying right. for the future.
5: No doubt. It's buying for the future. And I don't know if he's going to If Miami, I think Miami has to, if they're in this engaged in these conversations, they're basically saying to themselves, we know Tua, and let's be conservative, we know Tua is not a top 15 quarterback. We know that. Let's list all the quarterbacks in the league, and if Tua played his best, where would he rank? He's certainly not in the top five. He's certainly not in the top 10. Could he be 15 to to 11? Maybe. I don't think so, but you might want to make that argument. But the one thing we do know is Deshaun's in the top five. So for us to get a top five quarterback, which with, with, with the one we have will never be one, we might have to make this trade.
4: So, and it's fascinating as it's really uh, letting you know what Miami thinks of Tua. As I started the show talking about that, where all of a sudden this Deshaun Watson thing, now, the Texans are trying to get other teams involved, obviously, to start driving that price up. Are other teams, from what you're hearing, interested in Watson outside of Ross in Miami?
5: Well, I mean, you've got to believe that, that Denver's interested. I mean, because Denver's watching their season. If, if you are the Denver Broncos and, you know, you've traded for Bridgewater, you know Drew Locke's not very good, right? And if you're George Payton, the general manager of the Broncos, this is your chance. This is your chance. You know, because here's the reality. And this is a conversation Wolf and I had yesterday. You know, when Ron, went to, when Ron went to Green Bay, he did one thing. He made a trade for Brett Favre. He traded a first-round pick for a second-round pick. He loved Brett Favre. He was with the Jets at the time. The Jets took Browning Nagel ahead of Brett Favre. <laughs> okay? Dick Steinberger loved Browning Nagel. Ron was there. He didn't argue. He just, okay, fine. You guys want to do it? But when he got the Green Bay job, the first move he made because of his relationship with Ken Harrock, who was a former general manager, was the general manager at the Falcons. They were both together at the Raiders. And because Glanville wanted nothing to do with Favre, they traded him and he got a one. And so that was what Wolf did. That was the first. And then every other move he made was easier to deal with because he had a, a, a top five player and this is the same thing. I mean if you if you believe you need you're going to get a top 5 player. So does that mean Carolina should be back in it? Maybe. We know Carolina has been interested. They've been skirting around the issue. Will they be back in? Does he want to play in Carolina? You know, Miami doesn't have that one. They gave that to Philly. And part of this, a team like Denver
4: They're also waiting, waiting around for that Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes to begin. So you kind of it's it's trying to balance whether or not to go all in on Deshaun,
5: where there's a lot, obviously. But if you take the burden of hand though, I mean, if you're Denver and I can go get Deshaun, I'm going to go get because I don't know what's going to happen with Rodgers. Like he might say, "I love Green Bay," you know. I mean, we'll do the discount double check up here forever, you know. Like, I don't know how to handicap that one. My instincts tell me there's been so much made in the media about that relationship in Green Bay that none of it, you know, he's never playing again. And he came back and he's playing well. And he looks like he's having a good time.
4: And arguably landing a top five quarterback, top six, top seven quarterback into Sean Watson if you do procure his services. And right now you're getting them. You're buying them cheap. Because you, you're holding the Texans over a barrel, but you're also, more, you're, you're also playing a game that's dangerous as far as will he be available even next year? I mean,
5: look at this way. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance. Okay, would you trade Deshaun for Trevor Lawrence? I probably wouldn't trade Trevor Lawrence for Deshaun. I probably wouldn't. Would I trade Zach Wilson for Deshaun? Yeah, I would. Yeah. From what I've seen so far out of Zach Wilson, I would. Would I trade Trey Lance for Deshaun? Absolutely, 1,000%. <laughs> yeah, yes. yes. I, I don't mean that in any disrespect to Trey Lance, but I would. I mean, Trey Lance is going to have to become the Josh Allen of that draft. He's going to have to improve his accuracy, improve his change, his velocity. He's going to have to learn how to play quarterback, learn how to throw the ball, not, you know, learn how to pass the ball, not just throw the ball. And those things are going to take some time. Oh,
4: I I forgot. We haven't talked since Monday night. I want to ask you a couple questions about that game. But before we do, your best guess right now, as we sit here on the 21st of October, right before Halloween and the trade deadline's coming up, you think Deshaun Watson's going to be a Dolphin?
5: I can't say that for sure. I think there'll be more than one team in it. Now, again, you know, we're all going to, we don't know about the civil suits and how people are going to proceed. I do think that Houston will move them. But I think Houston will only move them much like the 76ers, if they get the right price. I don't think it's going to be a discount double check deal. Well, you know, Casario
4: is he the type of guy that is he'll steadfast, wait. He'll wait or is he? He's got it. Look, he's,
5: he'll wait it. He's, you know, he, look what he's doing with his team this year. I mean, look what he's doing with his team this year. He just cut Marcellus. Even they're, getting, they're cleaning it out. I mean, they're tanking without really announcing to the world they're tanking. And also I mean, something, really are. You, something I mean, you said about look, him. What are we? What are we? In, what are we in weeks? We're week seven, seven right? Mark, yeah. I, kick I, off. Damn, where's Dominic? Where's Dominic when I need him? He could help me out with the week I'm in. Uh, look, I mean, he he's in week seven of the season. You know, he knows his team's not very good, and you know he's kind of and and he's. We have how many people still in Survivor? I mean, I, would, I don't know, Mike Palm would probably know better, but usually by week seven, somebody's taking a huge hit. But because this year has so many bad teams in it, you know, you could decide between Houston, whoever Houston's playing, whoever the, 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 the Lions are playing, you know, whoever Jacksonville's playing. There's so many survivor picks more than ever before. We don't have a mall this week. He decided to take a vacation. I don't know why, but he did. So we don't know what his, uh, I would suspect his survivor picks would either be Tampa Bay or, uh, or the Rams if you haven't used them against the Lions. I mean, but it's going to come out of those teams, right?
4: Something you said about Casario stands out to me. You said it months ago. You said when you walk into his office, he's got the market on. He's, yep. he's a finance guy. Leads That's me right. to believe he, he's part, he knows what the game is right now as far as selling low on Watson, and he's not going to get caught up in that.
5: He doesn't have to. He's got support of the owner.
4: Mm-hmm. And then you got an owner in Ross who is, as you mentioned, when you're in your 80s, now is important. So we continue here. It's a, big, Lombardi a critical line. word. It's <laughs> yeah, a big it's word. Now, now is the operative word. Absolutely. Lombardi line here on V-CEN, sports betting network. More on Thursday night next.
1: Offer valid on select AK systems through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
5: To the Lombardi line on VSIN
0: featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick
4: Maher. Okay, you can take a look at the betting splits for Thursday night football with Denver and Cleveland. Check them out vsin.com. Latest bet- betting splits on every game. Find out which games are seeing the most tickets written, odds data, analysis for every game. It's just an invaluable tool, it really is. vsin.com for more information about those betting splits. We got you back here. Um,. Are you seeing mostly ones now? I'm seeing a couple of books just went back up to one and a half. When I sat down, it was mostly ones. This morning, Cleveland was laying two. So obviously Denver money right now, Michael.
5: Yeah. I mean, look, it seems like it's all 80 to 79% of the money's coming in on Denver. You know, and I think the injury has created the narrative that the Browns have no chance. And so, you know, Denver, which hasn't played well in three weeks, lose, you know, they open up three and zero, they go. They lose three in a row. Haven't played well at all, and uh, you know we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, to me, I think this is a toss-up. I think you got two backup quarterbacks. I mean, you could talk about Teddy Bridgewater's ATS and all that. He's a back to me. He's a backup quarterback. He's a bottom twenty quarterback. So is Case Keenum. You know, and and both these defenses have not played well at all. I mean, the Raven they couldn't stop the Ravens. I know it's Lamar, but Denver has not played as well defensively. I don't know what they're. You know, I don't. I don't know what their uh, the uh, uh, DVOA says and all that crap. But when I watch the tape, they can't get stops when they need to get stops. You know, and so you know, like when you go through it all, and everybody, oh well, you know, they're they got great DVOA. Well, I mean, if their DVOA is so good, how come they're not stopping somebody? You know, I think that's a big issue.
4: I agree. Low total, forty and a half. Couple I don't. Books- I
5: don't. You know, I I don't see. I think these defenses haven't played well enough to justify that low total. Right. I think you know bad defenses. I know the wind's going to be a little bit of a factor, but bad defenses are are not exactly you know that that's a good they help bad offenses. So Denver's 22 overall in DVOA, right? Their defense is 24th in DVOA.
4: That's not good it's enough. Pretty
5: much. I mean, their offense is actually better in DVOA than they are. You know, now the contest just came out. The contest numbers just came out for Circa, so you know we'll see where they are with the, with the numbers. But I haven't seen the numbers yet for them. But I'm sure it will be up on Twitter here soon. But but once they come out, I think I'll get them right now for you, Patrick. I'll it go just it just as a
4: note for that total, it's just for the better, if you're just joining us here on the Lombardi Line, it's going to be windy, upwards of 20 miles an hour. Could see some showers yeah, during the are. game, so that's playing into here it they well. are. Go
5: ahead. The circa, the circa numbers came in at point, uh, 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 one and a half. Broncos getting one and a half. Browns laying one and a half. Wow. Okay. Uh, you know, the Chiefs-Titans number, shockingly here, on the contest is four and a half. And I think it's on. all fives now. It's all fives now. Four and a half, five, yeah. Raiders are three. Over the yeah, but it's three right now. And that that was three and a half. That, they didn't give you the hook there. Philly. Seattle Seattle, Seattle is getting five at home. When's the last time Seattle's gotten five points at home, Patrick?
4: New Orleans is laying five at Geno in Seattle. That is on, what, Monday night?
5: Yeah. So we're talking Survivor last. You got the Texans against the Cardinals. That's 18 and a half. You got the Bucks versus the Bears. That's 12 and a half. And you've got the Lions at the Rams. That's fifteen. So if you use if you use the Amal theory of take home teams, you've got three viable home teams you could easily play. Now the Cardinals, I think they play on Christmas Day, so you know you might want to save them for uh, for that day if you think they can win, or you want to save the Bucks if you haven't used the Rams. But you know, and then you've got the Patriots versus the Jets at seven. You've got the Packers against Washington. That's an eight point line in the contest. So the only reason I bring this up is because, you know, when you're looking to build, when you're looking to pick Survivor, you want to try to get at least a a touchdown, a team that you feel like is a touchdown favorite to give you some sense of comfort that they're going to win the game. They don't have to cover, they just got to win.
4: Speaking of which, we haven't talked since Monday. And that day, I actually bought it up to seven. A couple of books closed seven. Huge home dogs for the Titans, and they pick up a huge win over the Bills. Yeah. What were your thoughts coming Everything, out of that game?
5: Well, oh, I said it on Monday. Everything on paper says take take the take the Bills, but we and then we also said this on Monday. Monday night's a strange night, and you can't handicap the home crowd. You can't handicap the importance with baked into something. And I thought taking the Titans was the right play. I thought it was the perfect right play. You're against the public. 80% of the public was on you. Remember we said this too during the day. We said, hey, look, if it goes the way the weekend went, the public's going to win this one. But we typically know they don't have those chandeliers in Vinny's studio Mm and in his book because everything goes with the public. So eventually it was going to turn. That's why I thought it was a good play. This number, the Chiefs-Titans game, at five, I think you're going to see a lot of Chiefs money if it's under... But I think that's a little too rich. My power ranking number for this, it should be the Chiefs should be favored by about three. And you get a home team with four and a half, that could be pretty tempting for you, or five, depending on where the number goes. The thing I do think this, I think the line movement, and I've been saying this all year, and all due respect to Josh who follows it in college, I think it's been absolutely meaningless. I think at pro, it's meaningless. I think flipping to this, you know, I think it's all meaningless. I think it's noise because I think it's too hard to figure out really where is the line movement coming from. Is it injury related? Is it sharp bet related? Is it somebody with algorithm related? You just really don't know. Your your best thing is to just analyze the number you have and break it down based on your power rankings. And don't worry about following the money. Because if you did, I mean, you know, the other day we were talking about Jacksonville. You know, we were doing that game in London. You know, and the money was following Miami in that game.
4: And to Michael's point about Monday night, if that confused some of you, you can go to com and get the splits. Remember, that was like 80% of the money and 80% of the tickets all over Buffalo. Yeah. Outright winner for the Titans. So that's what he was referring to when everything yeah, was you betting know
5: me, Buffalo. Yeah, and you know me, Patrick. I love... I love a, a, a low-ticket count, high number. Mm-hmm. That tells me there's people with – that doesn't tell me it's sharp money because I am telling you I am not an expert on sharp money. I don't know who a sharp is. I don't. I, I don't walk by the street and say, hey, he's a sharp. I don't know. But I do know when there's a small amount of tickets and there's a high lot level of money involved, that means significant cash is coming in. Could that be sharp money? It might be. I, but it could be somebody who's really wealthy and doesn't know what he's doing. You know, I mean, that could be too, right? <laughs> I mean, it could, be Floyd, a, it could be Floyd Mayweather over here dropping millions. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could be like Mush from the Bronx Tale. I mean, maybe he, Mush got rich and he, you know, he, he invented something and he became a billionaire. And now Mush is moving the number around. You know, it also could be, you know, the book, the, the, somebody doesn't like the number and wants to push the number to a certain point to get it back on the other end. Can I ask you to... don't ever think don't ever think that's not the case here right you if, if you can manipulate the stock market which it happens you can manipulate the betting market I'm going to bet 250 on the Broncos and move that number so I can come back and bet the Browns at a better number.
4: I'm, I ask you this a few times a year. I'm just going to ask you one more time. I just want one of your Bitcoins, okay? Because I know you got like 10. Just give me one. Let me hold on to one I, of those Bitcoins, I don't Bitcoins, even
5: know what bro. Bitcoin is. I have no well, idea what it's it is. it's making
4: people millionaires, so it's it's driving me crazy. I'm not as involved as I should be. Uh, can I ask you uh, tonight, can you take a look at your number and tell me where you are? It's such an, a confusing number. Number to It's such a – as far as power rating well, so, this game. So,
5: you know, here here's the problem with my number. My number, I had this – Really, as I had this as a 2.42 game with the Browns, should be a 2.42 favorite, right? Now that those all those numbers are big because of Baker Mayfield, because because of Hunt, because of Chubb, right? You take those guys out, right? You take you take Chubb out. You know, we we talked about last week with Arizona. I did a poor job of handicapping the Arizona game because I should have known the two tackles were out, which was going to influence Chubb. And then it put Hunt in a position to carry the ball way too much. And it put too much pressure on Baker. It put way too much pressure on Baker.
4: All right, well your numbers sitting pretty much where the numbers sit on the market here. Uh, ones, one and a half, Michael's numbers sitting right around two. So we shall see. Um, okay, before we bring Josh in, I, I did want, I don't know if I have enough time to do it right now, but I did want to ask you in a serious vein, how do you think this will play out with Ben Simmons? Do you think he ends up getting moved, and do you have an idea as to where?
5: I mean, he has to get moved, and I and I would trade him to the team. Look, I, I think at this point he's addition. He's he's addition by subtraction. You you get rid of him, and you get two really good players who fit this team. You're better off than you are. The idea that you're going to get star power back for him is ridiculous. He's not going to be a star. I mean, he's already showed you who he is. I wrote about this in the Daily Coach the other day. Once players show you who they are, believe them. Yeah. He's not a competitor. He has no competitive vibe at all in him. You know I got a text from a guy who was uh worked worked with in the NBA for years and when Kobe asked to get traded, Kobe made a point to tell them I will play the best I can cuz I play for myself not for you.
4: <laughs> and at the time, Kobe was rumored to go to the Pistons. And as you can yeah. imagine, we were very excited to potentially land Kobe. Don't compare Kobe Bryant to Ben Simmons ever no in chance. life. I mean, no, no can do. No, no can do. do. Where's John Holtz's picture? Please, <laughs> where know, is that? We'll get it by next season. We come back with Josh next here on the Lombardi Line.
0: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on V-SEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Once again, here's Patrick
4: Maher. Okay, it's the Hoops Guide right now. NBA Betting Guide VSEN. It's incredible, and it's just nine ninety nine. It really, it really is one of those guides to kind of keep you warm throughout the winter because there's so much, so many nuggets. I was looking at it last night. JBT and the crew did a great job. Daily betting tips as well. Just nine ninety nine. VSEN slash subscribe. As we get you back here on the Lombardi Line, we kick off Week Seven. Uh, speaking of kicking off so we say hi to Michael and Josh Applebaum Market Insights is the pod slash podcast also betting across America uh, we're kicking off back to Houston as the Astros take a three-2 series lead back to Houston Mr. Baseball's Astros but I will say this Josh you were getting you and your little dirty water friends were getting very cocky when you went to that game with Elise lease and we're posting videos popping champagne eh, they haven't scored a run since then what the hell's going on with your Red Sox?
2: Oh, Patrick, Michael, great to be with you. I don't know, we I might have jinxed him here, Patrick. Yeah, I had an I had an, uh, an opportunity here out there uh, with my buddy who has the tickets. He was like, "Which game you want to go to?" There, you know, an option of three. I said, "Give me the first one." Thank God. Imagine, Patrick, if I was at the last two. But yeah, this series is really turned here, guys. Really, Alex Cora making some questionable moves. You burn Nathan Avaldi, and really, it's the Red Sox bats going quiet. They lose again last night. Uh, really, a question uh, was surprising to me is both dogs, especially that Atlanta. Uh, Big plus money dog coming through. We've seen chalk favorites do very well. But now the series is going back here, Patrick, for tomorrow. Looks like some of these numbers were waiting on uh, both starting pitchers, but Houston around a minus 115 favorite. Big one tonight, obviously, uh, is the Dodgers. Dodgers backs up against the wall. Uh, Interesting bet split here with the Dodgers, Patrick. Uh, Only 29% of bets, but uh, 43% of money tonight. I think uh, public's kind of saying, I love the Dodgers, but you look like a dead team, and Atlanta keep, keep giving me plus money. A lot of Atlanta money here. Yet Dodgers are kind of staying minus one forty. So waiting for that pitcher as well. But I'd be looking at the Dodgers tonight, guys. To me, it's a buy low spot. You know, Turner got hurt. He's been hurt for a while here. Uh, but really, even though you're getting majority bets on the Braves, the line hasn't moved off of one forty. So i still leaning Dodgers here tonight.
4: All right, Josh. The the game tonight. This is fascinating. Michael's number is a little north of two with Cleveland. We're seeing ones. I'm seeing a couple of one and a half. So I woke up. It was two this morning, right on Michael's number, but of course injuries all over the place for both the Broncos and the Browns in a super low total of 40 and a half, Josh.
2: Yeah, massive movement on this game. And Michael, I think you're spot on because pretty much your number is where we're at right now. But again, remember, this line look at was uh, Cleveland actually minus six at a lot of shops. Minus six, minus five was a much higher number. Uh, both these teams, three and three, uh, straight up and ATS, very even. Both teams struggling. Both need a win. Denver's lost three straight. Cleveland has lost two straight. Uh, but guys, what I like is when you have uh, a flood of money where there's zero buyback. And really, that's what we're seeing with the Denver Broncos. Immediately when that early number drops six, five, even, you know, a four. Shots, shoots down to three and a half. So immediate movement right off the get go with Denver and then all these injuries take place. Then you get Case Keenum starting uh, for Baker Mayfield and this thing drops all the way to, you know, one and a half one. So at this point, you know, I jumped on the plus three and a half earlier in the week. I think that was the play getting the hook before you saw this avalanche of money continue to drop this number. I think if you like Denver and really there's been no buyback on uh, obviously Cleveland here at home, uh, maybe you get a money line play. Maybe the one and a half you tease up. To plus seven and a half here, Patrick. You could go through a couple key numbers there. But just, you know, with system, matches with Denver guys, a lot of good systems here on them tonight. Road dogs off a loss, 18 and 11 against the spread, 62% this year. Primetime dogs, 12 and 6 ATS, 67%. Short road dogs, plus three or less, 12 and 4 ATS, 75%. And we all know our buddy Teddy Two Gloves, one of the best quarterbacks here when he's getting points in general. Uh, as a dog, 24 and 7 against the spread, 77%. And as a road dog, this, this one's crazy, 19-2 and two ATS, 91%. So I think you wanted to obviously jump on Denver earlier in the week, but this thing continues to move. I don't see any buyback here, guys. Keep an eye on the under. You might have lost the good number here. It's 44 down to 41, but you do have a lot of wind here at the dog pound, around 20 miles an hour of wind. You know, I don't understand the
5: under going down so low. The Browns defensively have given up 47 and 37 points the last two games. You know, I mean, like, and Arizona, I know, is a good offense, and I know the Chargers are a really good offense. But, you know, that's a lot of points. Say they give up 27. Say you lower it, you know, say you lower it by 17 points. You give up, you know, 20, you know, give up 30 and 20. That's 50. I mean, why can't the Broncos get in the 20s? And then I think the Browns can move the ball on Denver, which hasn't been exactly great defensively in the last three games. You know, Denver's last three games have given up 23, 27, and 34. You know, they start with the, you know, the, the the Sinatra open, they give up 13, 13 and zero. I mean, so I, I I think both defenses are not very good. And I think that leads to making the offenses look better the way they've played the last couple of weeks, particularly, you know, if they can protect cla if they can protect Garrett from ruining the game.
4: I'm perversely excited for this game, Michael. It's going to be, it's going to be oh, weird. Be <laughs> look, it's great. It'll
5: be great game. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, if you you can get through some of the dramatics of it, but, I mean, it'll be a great game. I mean, you know, we'll see the teams. You're going to have to play backups. Here's what I think we have to understand as fans and betters: When when we go to 18 games, we're going to have games where there's going to have to be a lot of players. See, if I was in the Players Association, if I was DeMar Smith, I would tell the National Football League, you can have your 18 games. But whatever we play on 16 games, the amount of plays players play at 16 games, say they play 1,000 plays, okay? Say they play 1,000 plays. You know, Miles Garrett played 1,000 plays of defense on 16 games. That's the most he can play for 18 games. Now, it's the coaching job to figure out how you're going to replace those other two games. Five less plays a game here, maybe 10 less plays a game here, you know, and when the fourth quarter, when the game's out, you know, I think this is what we're going to see. More and more of these type of games where injured guys are out. We're going to see that when we get to 18 games. Fair enough.
4: Josh, got three games, always a light slate, of course, Thursday night in the association. Uh Mike, and please address them as Michael Lombardi's Miami Heat when you do discuss them. But the Bucs, the you, Champs Patrick. are in you're welcome. The champs are in town. Remember the champs swept Miami last year in the postseason 4-0, but the, I guess the the movement here, and you can talk about it must have, to, it's got to do with Drew Holiday, probably not playing. He got banged up in the second half of the opener.
2: You're totally right, Patrick. And again, this is the NBA. We got to get back to, you know, scouring Twitter and being online all the time, getting these injury updates, because for example, today, we find out Drew Holiday is out. This line actually opened a lot of books were you know, Bucks minus two and a half, minus one and a half. They were a short favorite to start. And then we find out that Drew Holiday is out. Remember, DiVincenzo's out, Portis is out. You have a lot of injuries here. Uh, for the Bucks, But there was a window of about five to 10 minutes where the Heat were still, you know, plus one and a half. And then we saw a, a ton of money with this injury to Holiday flip this line now all the way to Heat minus one and a half, minus two. So it's come, you know, dog to favorite here in favor of the Heat. Uh, to me, guys, anytime I see this line movement, we talk about in the NFL, like the Vikings last week, dog to fave, or Atlanta this week, I like to go money line if you missed the number. So if you jumped on again, you know, scouring Twitter, seeing this injury and still seeing a low hanging book. Or a slow moving book still hanging some points with the heat that was your ultimate play but now on our board even though it shows bucks minus one it's pretty much minus two heat at this point so a lot of injuries to me it's heat on the money line tonight and michael your heat they're only getting about a third of bets here <laughs> everyone's still riding with the bucks so uh to me it looks like my uh the heat are taking in some respected money here
5: well, I mean, the Heat looked good in the preseason. They won five of their six games, you know, and they're rested. Milwaukee's took a flight down there. It's early in the season. I don't expect Milwaukee to be at top of their game. I do expect the Heat to be at top of their game. Uh, you know, uh, you know, they are usually one and four in their last five games against the spread in this situation. So, as we enter into a new season, those numbers could be irrelevant. But I do like the Heat tonight.
4: I faded the I faded the Bucks in the opener at home against the Nets and the nets were just disgusting and that minute. that that was that was not good late night good game the clippers open up their season remember the warriors went down to la and beat the lakers beat them up good
2: what do you got on that game yeah i'd be looking at grabbing some points here with the clippers guys i think we're kind of really underselling the clippers there's no Kawhi, and obviously you know the, the warriors look great there, winning outright against the lakers in the opener Um, But really what we're seeing is everyone's loading up on Steph Curry here at home. A lot of these books open, you know, minus four, minus three and a half with the Warriors. And Even though they're getting three out of four bets, guys, we're showing four on our screen. But this line is actually down to three at this point. So a lot of money is coming in on the Clippers. This was pretty much plus three and a half all morning. And you saw about, I don't know, 45 minutes ago, a lot of plus three and a half with the hook hit the Clippers there and move that number in their favor. And one thing I look at especially early in the season. Road dogs, short road dogs, around five or less with at least a half point of line movement in their favor. That can be a buy-low opportunity spot. Uh, It's around 56% ATS the last decade. So I'll be looking at uh, grabbing the points here with the Clippers. Uh, And then also, guys, if you're looking to sweat um, an under here in college football, one that reminded me a lot of that inflated under last night with App State if you look at Charlotte and Florida Atlantic guys, that total open 54, it's now up to 57. I kind of like buying low on that under 57. You have a very slow paced team with Charlotte. They're 128th in the country in seconds per play. You also have FAU with one of the best pass defenses in the nation. So you're going to get uh, run the ball quite a bit, inflated number. I'd be looking at under 57 in that FAU Charlotte matchup.
4: Charlotte, they're the 49ers, Michael. Yeah, they are. Why why'd they they, are. Why are they the 49 I mean, I understand why San Francisco's the 49ers.
5: I, you know, Patrick, that's going to have to be a research project. We'll have to begin
4: with that. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. Good thing Google or DuckDuckGo is available because I can yeah. look it up as opposed to just asking you. Josh, great job. Thank you very much. Uh, good
2: luck tonight. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate Thanks, it. Josh. By the way, Michael, you your Blackhawks. Just keep an eye out. No Quinn Hughes, uh, home favorites are about 67% to start your Blackhawks. Can get their first win of the year? I'm on them tonight, Michael.
5: I hope so. We need it. There's a lot of heat on us.
2: <laughs> That's the,
4: one of the great sweaters in the history of the sport. And Michael, of course, is friends with the head coach there. When we come back to bears bucks, I got an injury update on an important player for the bears. We'll get to that and also get Michael's official play. It may not be official, but I, I need a lean tonight. And that Thursday night matchup, we continue.
1: Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
3: Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Haya. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
0: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi... Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: BetMGM, sign up today, enjoy the thrill of victory on your very first bet. Ten bucks to win two hundred. Denver or Cleveland scores a touchdown. Two hundred bucks paid for in free bets when you bet ten bucks. You got to use the bonus code Vsin two hundred. V S I N two hundred. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions, or simply download the betmgm app. You got a gambling problem? Please call one eight hundred Gambler. Okay, now. Yes, sir. This just came across, and you probably it probably popped up on your system as well. Allen Robinson's uh, questionable now for Sunday. Remember, the Bears travel to the Bucks. Uh, that would be a big loss. Although they are a little uh, adverse to throw the football these days. <laughs> the dead, the uh, well, Chicago this Bears. A, this
5: this is a real problem game for when you break this game down. I mean, is how do the Bears move the ball, right? You know, we know that the Bucks are, are really a, a dominant, dominant game team against the run. I mean, we know yes. the Bucks are sensational run defense. I mean, their liability is in the secondary. And, you know, when you look at this, uh, you know, the Bears over the last two games have run the ball effectively. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't beat the Packers. They lost by 10, but they've been able to run the ball. They've been able to convert in those areas, but they haven't been able to uh, – Throw it as effectively as they need. This game going against the Bucs, like, I I don't know how they throw the ball against the Bucs. The Bucs, the last three weeks against New England, against Miami, and against the Eagles, have given up basically, let's call it 25% conversion on third down. They don't let you run the ball on them very much. They've given up 17 to New England, 17 to Miami, and 22 to Philly. How do the Bears score points in this game? Now, my numbers say take Bears but one thing i've said my numbers the last week were 9 and f- 9 and f- 4 the week before we were 12 and 4 the numbers are wrong on these big spreads because i don't think i can handicap really the from good to from really bad to good and i think this is the perfect case of it would i want to lay the 12 and a half? i think it's hard but how do the how do the bears score 17 points and conversely how do the bucks not score twenty eight thirty, especially considering that Robert Quinn is on COVID. He may not be rushing. Yeah, Hicks is good, but Philly's front was really good, and Philly's front never got near Brady, and that was on the road. I think he nailed
4: it. It's just such an awkward matchup offensively for the Bears, because they're just, the Bucks will just take away. They're just going to dare them to beat you through the air, and with Allen Robinson potentially being out. And Fields just not quite comfortable yet. Twelve and a half is the number. Open 13. Couple books got bet down the 12, went back up the 12 and a half with the Bears at the Bucks. Allen Robinson just popped up. Questionable for that matchup. That's a really weird matchup
5: for that team. Um yeah, I mean, the, look, the Bears have played great defense now. Let's not under underestimate what they've yes. done since the Cincy game, right? You know, I mean, they've given up 26 against Cleveland, I'm sorry, since the Cleveland game. But Detroit, they held them to 14. They held Las Vegas to 9. Green Bay scored 24. The most points they allowed all season was the 34 in the opener. And that game really wasn't – that game was kind of a weird game. They gave up 30 – but a lot of those were big plays. The big plays, they they gave up on those. And the last three weeks, they've been really good on third-down defense. So – you know, the Bucks will have to work to score their points. They'll have to work to get their offense generated. They'll have to protect Brady. It's not going to be easy sledding by no means.
4: All right. I got a quote for you that I want you to take a listen to. Tell me what you think of this. This is uh, off a ugly 38-11 to loss by the Giants. Joe Judge says, we're going to right this ship. Quote, I'm the head coach. It's my responsibility. Point blank, every player on this field, every position group, the execution, it all comes down to me. The fish stinks from the head down. I've been taught that by great guys I've worked and played for. There are no excuses. That fish stinks there in Jersey with the Giants from the head down and judges taking some responsibilities here.
5: Yeah, well, I mean, you could take it, but how do you fix it, right? You know, when you look at his injury list this week, they're talking about trading Jabril Peppers, which is no big deal. You know, when they took him in the Beckham deal, I was like, what's the big deal about this? It's like, you know, Patrick, we haven't talked about this, but to me, the most overrated player in the National Football League is is Jamal Adams, the most overrated player by far. It's not even close. I mean, we start every broadcast talking about how great he is, and then he has no impact on the game at all. (laughs) You know, no impact. You know, yeah, does he make tackles when he's not blocked? Does he can he rush the passer? Yeah, when he's when a running back's trying to block him, but when he's going against the big tackle, it's over. I mean, it's the seventeen million down the drain, you know. And so, uh, Jabril Peppers is similar to Adams; is they have to play in the box, can't play in space, can't play cover two. You know, why do you think why do you think Greg Greg Williams used to have him like thirty yards down the field because he he knew he couldn't make a play in the middle of the field. He wasn't a level three player. Same thing with Adams. Same thing with Peppers. I mean, the Giants. They gave up 30 in Washington. Atlanta, which is offense is one of the worst in the league, uh, really gotten better since they started running Patterson more. They gave up 21, to, they gave up 17. The Saints, you know, put 21 on them. They, and the Saints controlled the ball the whole game. They got fortunate. And in the last two weeks, they given up 44 and 38 to two really good quarterbacks. You know, to me, I, I mean, he might write the but ship, but it's going to be really hard for him to do that. The way Daniel Jones played, the way his offensive line's playing. The way Carolina can play defense, you got to think Carolina's going to put pressure on Daniel Jones. You think he's going to put pressure on, on them. I mean, this is a team, look, they've won 18 games, the Giants, in the last five years. And if you go back to the 70s, this is, this is more like Giant football than ever, like when they were in the 70s until they finally hired George Young and they finally hired Bill Parcells or Ray Perkins and then Bill Parcells going to be a challenge for them you know they just don't have any playmakers and if tony's not on the field they really don't have any playmakers perkins was what at alabama and then they got him mm-hmm. perkins Yeah, perkins was yeah he was he was an assistant he, i don't think he wasn't a head coach at alabama he might have been the head coach at alabama yeah, i think he, he was there to come he was yeah and you know he'd always been an nfl assistant and he'd been there and george knew him i think from his days at baltimore and so they hired him, and then he left, and then that's when Parcells came in. But they they finally changed the organization. When George Young came in, he brought with him the – through Tom Boyster. Actually, Wolf and I were talking about this yesterday. He brought with him the grading system that was developed by Bucko Kilroy back at the Patriots in the day. Bucko's the guy who probably should be in the Hall of Fame for his contributions to the game. And uh, that, changed the, that changed the course of the Giants. They became a size-speed team. They became a team that was built from the inside out, and they changed how they their dynamics, and they started to draft better. They started to procure talent much better.
4: By the way, that that number in Jersey, Carolina in town, it's up to three. Yeah. So we've got a two and a half. Everybody's at three. It
5: went up to three. It went up to three because today on Twitter, and again, I think this is what we have to do as a betting network is try to tie some of the news, the reaction to the news, to why the lines movement. It's mm-hmm. not money moving the line. It is the, the information moving the line. Yep. Right, perception. And so really, especially on a Thursday afternoon, that giant report came out and Tony didn't practice. And, you know, oh, there's so many guys hurt from the Giants that it's really going to be a problem for them.
4: Are you, by the way, do you feel like me? Did we just watch the Bucks win a championship? Does it feel like the NBA is just on top of us very soon. Yeah,
5: I mean, yeah, and it's like I think it's I I think it's probably, you know, we talked about it uh during last year. It's, you know, the NBA regular season is kind of you you've got to play the emotions of it. Is the tonight is Milwaukee going to be really interested in playing hard and digging deep into their psyche to beat the Heat, knowing their best players playing back to back. You know, I mean, those are the kind of things you got. You got to play the psyche more than just the number.
4: It's I thought- we, we don't have the picture, but I thought about you yesterday because after LaMelo ball and the, and the Hornets won their opener, he, he, he was dressed up like you generally do. Did you see what he was wearing? He was wearing an mm. all lemon drop yellow outfit. And he took a Instagram <laughs> picture next to his yellow Lamborghini. So he's now matching his fit that makes sense with the Lambo makes sense. Now sure. it's 82 games. Will he have 82 Lambos to mix the match the fit? I don't know, but we shall see. Stand by, Mike. We
5: shall see. Well, I, I will. Here's the injury report. Giants. Galladay didn't practice today. Barkley didn't practice today. John Ross, who's out with a hamstring injury, he didn't practice today and Tony remains sideline. So that's why we're seeing the line move, because the receiving core is going to be depleted, you know, and Shepard, who's been the team target every game, you know, he's the only one that really you could trust to be on the field.
4: Yep, key number three. That's where we're at right now with Carolina at the Giants. Okay, less than a minute. You got to lean here. I got Cleveland laying a point and a half and a total of 40, 40 and a half.
5: You know, I'm going to lean towards the over here a little bit. Uh, I would lean Cleveland and the over. I think those are the two things. I I have not been impressed with Denver at all, and I'm a Denver fan. I think the injuries have really affected Denver, and their offensive line has not protected very well, and I think that's an advantage for Cleveland.
4: Yeah, so despite the weather, I think that's – you're saying that's just dipped down. It's open 44. It's down to 40 at many books. I think it's too much value to go with the over. I I,
5: I think it's ridiculous.
4: Well – I know you'll be into Thursday night football, but get a second screen because your heat debuted tonight. So good luck there. Patrick, I know worry. you will. I know you will be. you left Berman on an Island. Michael, have a great uh, Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Patrick. Okay. M Lombardi NFL Vston live on Twitter. We'll see you tomorrow here on the Lombardi line odds on coming up next.